0: welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Backs. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, all right.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's officially spring, even though it
0: uh, doesn't feel like it. Is it officially spring? When's the first day of spring?
1: I mean, it's been spring. It was like the 19th or whatever, and we're oh, recording please. on the 30th. Okay. But uh, yeah, we had, uh, I mean, we ended like the official winter time right. with like 3 days of pure summer like 85 yeah. degree days yeah, no and then as soon as it became spring it got like the weather got shy again yeah. and now it's like
0: it's very chilly. blustery it's blustery it day super blustery yeah <laughs> Um. I'm talking about like the the tone of political commentary. (laughs) Exactly. Very blustery. Um, Let's pay some bills. Absolutely. So this episode is brought to you by Devotion, a short film by, by Victoria Angelique. The film is about Rebecca, a concert pianist in 1960s England who becomes pregnant. Between 1926 and 1976, the United Kingdom would force single pregnant women to place their children up for adoption. Rebecca, not wanting to give up her child, attempts to hide her from sorry hide her from the government with the aid of her midwife Catherine, who risks imprisonment just for helping her. Um, so, uh, I've as I said last week, I've seen this film. I really like it. It's about 15 minutes long. Uh, you know, it's a low budget film, but it's it's a period film. It's black and white. It's often quite beautiful. Uh, I think it's really great, so please do check it out. If you're a fan of short films, I think you'll like it quite a bit. Uh, And you can click on the ad at BattleshipPretention.com to uh, find a a YouTube uh, link. So, okay, this episode is also brought to you by MUBI, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, MUBI's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Mubi is Ulrich Seidel's Paradise Trilogy, uh, which he did over the course of 2012 and 2013. Sure. Uh, his films Love, Faith, and Hope. So that's Paradise Love, Paradise Faith, Paradise Hope. Um, so they're all there. Uh, they're considered shocking, provocative, and at times, surprisingly tender. But par- as far as I can tell, that is the exception. Uh, shocking and provocative <laughs> seems to be uh, what people talk about when they uh, discuss these films so uh so uh and it is uh i've heard about these movies for the last few years yeah, uh, they're considered we've,
1: we've run reviews of them at yeah. battleship pretension.com uh
0: they are considered required viewing for modern film fans and there is a special offer for you the listener of battleship pretension you can try movie free for one month just go to movie.com that's m-u-b-i.com slash battleship to redeem now please check them out movie is great
1: uh you know what else is great what's that Heaven. The ability to hear your podcast or your music, whatever you're mm-hmm. listening to, in in uh, crystal clear uh, uh, quality and looking great while doing it. And if you want sure. all those things to be... Do you want people to say things uh, like that about you behind your back? Like, that guy looks great listening to good music. Oh, David,
0: I was at the gym today. Uh-huh. I
1: pulled you got out, all kinds I of I pulled out the
0: earbuds. Oh, I didn't get stone silent. Like once I pulled them out, (laughs) no one was saying anything. Everyone was just looking at me. It was kind of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They just like pointed and screamed but like it was a good scream.
1: So if you want to have this kind of experience, if you want uh, uh, earbuds that look and sound that good you're going to want to go over to tweakedaudio.com which is where you get professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day and they're all available at a low, low price over at Mm tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension all right
2: okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: All right. Okay. Tyler. Yes.
1: There was something we were talking about with our guest, right? Yes, off Mike. And I said, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> that's podcast fodder.
0: Yeah, right you really there. jumped on it. Yeah, I was like, it, uh, yeah, I yeah. was.
1: Yeah. Stamped we, it out. We do a lot of that. Save it for the show. Exactly. Yeah. So, Tyler, quickly, who, who is our guest so we can get to this hot topic?
0: Well, uh, a little bit of background. Uh, so this episode goes up at the tail end of WonderCon. And so we wanted. Well, I mean. WonderCon is over by the time this goes up, but we're in a a nerdy mood. Yeah. And so uh, we thought we should pick a topic that is particularly nerdy, and we should have a nerd on. (laughs) And so uh, we thought like, well, who are the nerds we know? And it uh, turns out, That's everyone we know... Yeah. Uh, There's a
1: kids in the hall sketch. The these, these are the nerds I know. Uh,
0: that is, a, see? And that is something that a comedy nerd would say. But this is not a pure comedy show. We also need a film nerd. Now, if only there were some kind of comedy film nerd that we could have on. Wait a minute, there is. His name is Chris Mancini, and he's here right now. Chris, how you doing?
2: Great to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me. All the way from you know, ComedyFilmNerds.com. Yes. Yeah, yes. All the way. And an undisclosed location also in the Valley. Like yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, the best film podcasts are in the valley. That's what I think. I think.
1: I, I think that's. I think
0: that's true. Um, uh, yeah, I'm you immediately know what, running through my head, being like, "Okay, what are the film podcasts I know?" <laughs> and I thought, "Well, there's these two, And you know what? This story checks out.
1: <laughs> you know what I was thinking. Uh, normally, I would save this for later, but uh, we've got some commentaries, marathon commentaries you can buy. Right. We have a bunch. We have new ones. And one of the movies we watched was Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say this while we were doing the commentary, but it occurred to me, if the aliens came and blew up you know, Los Angeles starting with the U.S. Bank Tower, sure. like they do in the movie... We'd probably all be okay,
0: right? Yeah, I think oh, we're, we're here gonna on make the it. The other yeah. side of the hill. Yeah, we're probably fine. Yeah,
2: yeah. And is that really that iconic of a building? It's know, that, yeah. that's not like Capitol Records.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's yeah, it's not even. Yeah, it's not going to be a big hit to our Chinese. morale yeah, either. Exactly.
2: I'm like, Yay, <laughs> bank! They, these aliens get
1: it.
0: <laughs>
1: it's like, See, oh, these banks are occupying Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for more banter like this, make sure you pick up those uh, those new commentaries. But no, that's not what I wanted
0: to talk about, and we will talk about them later.
1: Uh, we will talk about the commentaries later. Um what I wanted to talk about what you guys were talking about. Now I haven't seen Kong Skull Island. Yep. Uh Jordan Vote Robert's new film. Um but uh, I, I am to understand there is a a post-credits scene. Uh Yes. Yes. Uh, uh uh what do you call those? A sting, stinger, stinger. stinger? Yeah.
2: Um uh, although they used to be stingers now they're trailers
1: yes yeah. so, okay this is, oh, now we're into it okay <laughs>
0: you are speaking david's language yeah, to see him you were
1: um, you were saying that you had missed yes. the one at conks island uh, because and i went this
2: because i have two children at 12 and eight and at first going in i was like you know i was a little worried about my eight-year-old boy and it was like it might be a little too violent the other thing I think of, too, is because I am a conscientious moviegoer, goer. am um, bringing kids into a show. Maybe, you know, it should be. here. I don't want to disturb the other people in the movie mm. theater. When the, I first
0: saw you walk in, I remember yes. thinking like, hey, it's Chris. and now he's bringing his kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I be <hope he laughs> so Tyler in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. And
2: Tyler, you will back me up on this. The movie theater, mostly children.
0: It yeah. was full of children. <laughs> I was really worried. That, like, When the when the lights started dimming, I felt yeah. like this yeah, could like, be a problem.
1: Are we, you know, Did I did I accidentally pick Beauty and the Beast? Or are we in the wrong theater? So Yeah, because um, I was going to say, I know now I'm, I'm getting off topic, but a room full of children isn't necessarily a bad thing. If it's a children's movie, that could right, be a lot of sure, fun. Correct,
2: I remember correct. one of the...
1: I'm a big uh, proponent uh,
2: of uh, age-appropriate media content for children.
1: Yeah. Because uh, I, I, the thing that convinced me of this, I remember this is going back ten years now. Um, uh, when I went, I wanted to see Meet the Robertsons mm-hmm. at the at the El Capitan, right. which I used to live in, you know, walking distance of. Uh, and I was like, I, I was working at the ArcLight at the time, didn't have a regular day job, so I was like, I'm going to wait till like a Tuesday matinee so yeah. i want to see with all these kids. Well, it turned out it was literally ten years ago because it was spring break. Everyone right. <laughs> and it was fifteen hundred kids. Yep. And I was yep. like, "Oh boy!" And then I ended up having a blast because the yeah, kids I... were super into it.
2: Yeah, so so I, I went into the uh, movie. Now, after two hours, we were done. You have two mm-hmm. children, two hours. That that's your tick 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 boom. You know, there's the attention, <laughs> the interest span is done. It doesn't matter how great the movie is. So we're walking out. You know, I don't know if there's a. I don't. I don't know at this point. Is there a stinger? A, a scene at the end? Chances are there are. But. We're not going to see it. We we have other things to do. The kids want to go home. We're done. They enjoyed the film, and um, I was talking on the podcast. I was like, you know, there was a couple of loose ends that were definitely not tied up. I mean, it was a little bit messy of a movie uh, as far as like some setup and, and payoff. And it feels like the first act like there was about eight different things going on and then they all just kind of unraveled. Now, that being said, I did like the film. It was a fun popcorn, monstery movie, you know, uh, with the the whole Apocalypse Now um, mm-hmm. thing, even with the point of some of the shot for shots of from Apocalypse Now was yeah. hilarious and entertaining to me. And a couple of the fans tweeted, it's like, well, yeah, the end credit sequence kind of tied up some of these loose ends. And I was thinking, if it was that important, It should have been in the film. You know, you can't keep doing this uh, with movies where the movie has to be a self-contained thing. Mm. You know, if you want to set up maybe a sequel or something else, but it can't actually be part of the story. You know, your your last part of your uh, your stinger like um, great stingers are just are just like um, if you're a video gamer. Mm-hmm. Additional content. Like uh-huh. downloadable content. Oh, I already got the main game. I loved it. Play through the story and find oh, this is bonus content. I get to enjoy it a little bit more. But it's not necessary for me to enjoy the main game slash movie. So I'm getting irritated that yeah. it it becomes more and more important that you have to stay through the credits to watch these
1: fingers. My favorite one ever is still the Avengers from twenty twelve, which is one that it doesn't have anything to do with the plot. It's just right. it's another like it's a callback to a joke that didn't it's yeah. a great callback. Mm-hmm. But it didn't need to be called back for the for you no. to get it. It's no. not like it's a it's almost a, that was hanging out. there. It's a
0: tag. Yes, uh, yeah, tag that yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Th- those uh, are the best stingers. But yeah. uh, I so was I still haven't seen the Kong stinger. I don't even know what it is.
0: Well, I don't. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. But you probably shouldn't say on the podcast what it's, it is. But, it's something everyone can guess. It's, I guessed it. Everyone can guess it. It's literally like. Yeah, all right. The 2014 Godzilla and this King Kong, they exist in the same universe, universe and right. then they see all these cave drawings of like Mothra, King Ghidra, like Godzilla villains. Right. Um, and so you know the theater so is it's very going to be excited an for a an big team up. Now we or, have
2: uh, now we have a uh, a GCU a Godzilla cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah,
0: which and, and <laughs> or I gotta say. I feel right. like artistically that's gonna wear thin. Right. <laughs> because in the end, like Thor is different as a character right. than, you know, Iron Man. Right. When it comes right down to it, Godzilla, King Ghidra, Mothra, King Kong, they're all just big monsters that blow things up. You're saying that, to to play play devil's advocate, hasn't the Toho franchise? They have
2: fought King
1: Kong and Godzilla have fought in the past. And and it's existed as essentially uh, an extended universe in Japan for half Uh, of a century. Yes,
0: (laughs) that is true. But you know what what I'll say is, as strange as this may sound, and this is a theory I'm coming up with right now. Okay. So don't hold, hold me hypothesis. to it. Let's say hypothesis. Yeah, it's not a theory <laughs> You yeah,
2: haven't even tested it. By the way, um, that stinger doesn't surprise me at all, but yeah. now, now, now I don't have to see
0: it. What else could it be? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I do think that those work partially because you know they were a little bit low budget and they were charming. And when it comes right down to it, like it was guys in suits fighting in the midst of like models of cities, whereas I feel like... Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like big CG monsters. After a certain point, I feel like you get t- you get bored with that. I feel like a common thing even amongst. Comic book nerds who like Avengers and and even stuff like Man of Steel and stuff. After a while, even they said we're getting tired of seeing cities fall down. You know, yeah. Spectacle- How many times yeah. can you blow
2: up a city yeah. right. in, in one summer? Like yeah. it's not even yeah. just like in, in you know, and then and then this year, oh, we get to see this. Season. No, it's like every summer there's yeah. like six movies that you know stuff blows up yeah. and and real that, good.
1: That's I've uh, I think I railed on this 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 past summer, but I'm sick of every superhero movie being them literally saving the world. Like right, that's yeah. why I like, I, I kind of stopped watching superhero movies. I still like superhero comics. because nah, You might like Logan. Um, well, we'll get to Logan. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I haven't seen, but I, I like superhero comics because occasionally like, yeah, they'll have a, you know, a nemesis or whatever, but right. it's a it's a story that's about them, the superheroes. It's you know, not about them I, I wanna, saving I the entire world. Backtrack
2: one second to uh, now: the the King Kong and Godzilla are in um, the same universe. What about Pacific Rim? Or is that all one now?
1: They could
0: that, work it in, yeah. Although I in. don't know, <laughs> I never keep track well, of what a...
1: studios own what,
0: and right. so I don't um, know. Well,
1: if they You've already be... got a problem there because there's an actress I think who was in Kong Skull Island yeah. and in Pacific Rim too, really. Uh, the the Chinese woman who was in The Great Wall who played Commander Lee. Oh, Li, yeah. um, okay, they I could figure, figure that out. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, it, uh, yeah, I guess you should have to have Tw- the twin uh, sister. Twin yeah, it's very simple. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <twin>. <laughs> they've had bigger problems than that, yeah. and they've yeah. sorted but, it out. But <laughs> I'm
1: glad you brought up Logan because this is, I still haven't seen it, but this is what got this on my mind so much lately. I went to, I went to, uh, with, my, with my wife Natalie to the, uh, the Lemley Noho seven, uh, our favorite theater, um, because we can walk to it, um, (laughs) uh, to see get out. And at the, I can't remember if it was at the box office or at the ticket tearing thing. There was a hand, like a printed out sign that the people at the theater had made that said, Logan does not have a post credit scene. And I fucking gritted my teeth. <laughs> and I was like, that's so... And I was, like, I was like, look at this fucking shit. Like, it's so expected now that they yeah. have to, like, make apologies for not. And I think Natalie was, like, changing the subject because <laughs> she was like, don't, I don't apology, want this to ruin our night. Like, I don't but, know. I,
2: to, to me, that's a... Uh, that's like a public service. Like, oh, I can leave now. Great, I don't have to
0: wait yeah, for anything. See, I, yeah. I'm sure for them, it's just like, we just want to get in and clean the theater. I, I do yeah, understand yeah. that. <laughs> but, um,
1: but I guess... I'm coming at from it from as someone who nine times out of 10 stays through the credits anyway, because I sure. just like that. Like I like when a movie's over, uh, obviously I don't have kids that need to get to the, yes. to the car. <laughs> I like when a movie's over to have time before sure. I'm back out into the harsh fluorescent lights of the corridor or whatever to think about the movie. Um, uh, you like some uh, David movie time at the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I get, it, I get it. So I guess I'm staying through the credits, uh, uh anyway, and it feels uh, and that, that sign was paired with multiple like uh, of the like film blogs that I read having stories like James Mangold addresses why there isn't a post credit scene uh, at the end of yeah, Logan, it's and it seems it's like a
2: big big controversy. Why yeah, because it's work? been
1: it's become expected now, and yeah. uh, I I find that kind of uh, annoying. Anyway,
0: yeah, no, it's I I don't know if I would find it annoying. If if someone is saying why doesn't it have this, that's when it becomes an issue because. The theater doing it for practical purposes, I get, but when somebody is asking a director, why didn't you do this thing that everybody else is doing? Like, I can't think of a lot of other examples of that. Um, and you know, sometimes it's completely unnecessary. Remember that, uh, what was that movie with uh,
2: uh Liam Neeson and the wolves? Was, oh, yeah, uh, The Gray. The Gray, and literally The Stinger <laughs> was just like the wolf, um, the uh, breathing in and out for like a second. That was,
0: yeah, well they're, they're like lying. Nec- lying I think next they're lying next, to, next each to each other. Yeah. And sensibly dead. Yeah. But, but maybe the wolf is. Yeah. Sorry for mm-hmm. Joe Carnahan's the gray. Is that right? Is it yeah, that right is Joe Carnahan? I forgot. In in some ways I like the gray most yeah, it was more like than Nark most people. With wolves. <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of Narc now, which <laughs> I don't like which I don't like at all because <laughs> I love that movie. No, no, I was making fun of the gray. Underst now is, that's yeah. understandable. Narc is a good movie. Fast
1: cheap and out of wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. It Literally work. just plug the word wolves <laughs> in. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm liking um, this though. Mm. Um, okay. So, all
1: right, so I think we addressed the credits thing. I would yes, like to yes. uh, do a week. do. stock and two smoking wolves. Uh,
0: there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, man, this is good. Hang be on, fun. let me look at my movie <laughs> wall here see what we got. Well, uh, uh, wolf ass? That doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw kick ass on my shelf, that's all. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all right. Let's talk about, before we get into the main topic, Indeed. I want to point uh, people's attention to what's on, on the website this week. Indeed. Uh, you've got. Um, I reviewed the Criterion release of uh, the Spanish from the Executioner, which I talked mm-hmm. about in last week's movie journal. Uh, Sarah's still working her way through our top 100, talking about uh, the Bridge on the River Kwai and Duck Soup. Um, hot take on Duck Soup from Sarah. Uh, hot take. What, <laughs> um,
0: what is the hot take? I guess I'll have to go to the website. Yeah, and see. you'll have
1: to go to the website and, and see. Um, uh, the sequel cast is is doing their, uh, their um, I guess, second in a row looking at recent remakes of franchises last week they talked about robocop this week they're talking about ghost but the 2016 ghostbusters uh alexander uh alex um wrote a uh a sort of uh think piece i guess not not a think piece but a an an article i guess about the different portrayals of john dillinger yeah it's really over, over the history of uh uh, of movies. Uh, West looks at the music of Bottle Rocket and uh, at musical notation. Uh, Alex talks about Dragon Inn in his Criterion prediction. And there's reviews this week of. Um, well, I guess the only really review this week is uh, Jim reviewed the new David Lynch documentary, The Art Life, which right. is very timely given all the uh, press about the upcoming uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, reboot Indeed. Um, and uh, yeah that's those are just some of the things you can find uh, on the website and as always if you live in Los Angeles or Chicago our uh, reports are very um, helpful guides to what's going on in the week of repertory screenings in those two those two cities so that's what's going on
0: on the on the website right now what do you want to talk about well there's also of course our new commentaries which we talked about briefly uh, for a moment there uh, so yeah we Every once in a while, we will do commentaries that are, uh, there's a theme. The movies aren't necessarily related, but there is a, a common theme. And so this time, they, these are the, uh, the Space Invader commentaries. And so we've got, we talk about The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. We talk about Predator, Independence, John McTiernan's Predator. John McTiernan's predator. Roland Emmerich's Independence Day. Somehow it just feels (laughs) wrong to say that he owns something, but it's absolutely his. And
1: I mean, mean, the guy is for as much as I don't like his movies, there is a thing. There is a certain like parameters of a Roland Emmerich movie. That is true. Yes. Uh, And then there's anonymous, which is a weird outlier. Yes. Um, And yeah, we
0: ended with uh, M. night Shyamalan's signs from 2002. So we had a lot of great guests, guests. We had a lot of great uh, conversations. Uh, Some people, Especially during Independence Day, I would say. Uh, a lot of our guests really loved it, and they, in some cases, they kind of kind of swayed me to liking it more than I thought. And in other cases, all I had to do is point out what was being said (laughs) and I won. Yeah. Um, Not that it's a competition.
1: So those are uh, available. Now, if if you're listening to this now, you're, you're too late on our uh, 10 year anniversary sale. It was all of March and you couldn't get off your lazy ass to spend 25 bucks for all of our premium content ever. Or I mean, up to that point. Uh, But now you can start fresh. Uh, For just 10 bucks, you can get these uh, four commentaries. It's like eight, you know, over eight hours. Yeah, about eight and, uh, and a half hours. About
2: eight and a half hours. So where, of where do people go to the commentaries? BattleshipPretension.com? It's at BattleshipPretension.com.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Just making sure, guys. <laughs> the uh, the ad on the right side of the screen. Those are those aren't called banner ads. They're called skyscraper ads when Indeed. they're on the along the side, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they're uh, I'm sure you can buy them individually uh, yes. if you're bad with money. But uh, obviously, I don't know how much. How much are they individually? They're
0: three dollars individually, ten
1: bucks together. So, so you save a couple of dollars. You save
0: a couple of bucks, and you get it makes sense to batch it. Uh, yes, I think and, so.
1: And also, that's how they're designed to be heard. We record them. We do literal mar- marathons. We watch yeah. them back to back to back and it's just me and Tyler, yeah. you know, um, you know, eating crackers and, uh, watching TV <laughs> while our guests, uh, rotate favorite guests in rotate in and out at uh, 30 to 45 minute, uh, intervals. Some of them hang out. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we, I mean, we have, uh, i mean for all of predator we have uh, uh one person just stayed for the entire movie yep uh someone who had yeah that'll, that'll be a fun surprise someone who hasn't been on the podcast for a long long time long time uh, so it was good to have that person back so that's available at battleship retention dot com yeah. uh click on the space invaders right that's the the, the little yeah. graphic you made space invaders graphic on the right side of the screen
0: okay and i and i do always enjoy uh here when we have a fellow podcaster on, uh, because you're helping us along with the pushing of the, uh, of the exactly. it's like now where would people yeah. find that product? So I wonder. If, if I'm a consumer
2: <laughs> and I were looking for these products, where specifically? How easy is it for me to spend money?
0: <laughs> you almost went into like infomercial. Yeah. Now I, my yeah. wife is always yeah. talking so about that. how she can't watch. Independence Day with with comedic voices. I can
2: never find commentary on the movies I want. (laughs) Where would I go? There has to be a better way.
0: Cuts to black and white footage of somebody just (laughs) dropping a bunch of DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed, yes. You,
1: you said, t- Tyler, uh, that we wanted to have a uh, a, a nerdy topic, and uh, or I think that was actually my idea. I was like, "Hey, this yes. is going to be the WonderCon week. We'll do an actual actual WonderCon wrap up next week." But um, this is going to be the WonderCon week. Let's talk about something nerdy. And you were like, "Here's something I've been thinking about, and that is, well, uh, I'm going to say it my way." Okay. uh Superhero movies. Of the twentieth century, sure. So this is basically we're drawing the line, basically, basically like pre X Men is what we're saying,
0: right? I'm I'm willing to stop. I'm willing to include X Men, but, but yes. I feel
1: like X Men is where the the worm turned, as it were. I as think were. so. Let's, and let's pass this off to to our uh, to our guest. Um, do you agree that the 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 boom of comic book movies, as we the, the, the glut of them, we're lousy with comic book movies right now? Does that start with uh, 2000s X Men? Uh, I think it does. I think it
2: really puts them on the map. And the thing is, too, the, the comic book, uh, or I wouldn't say comic book, but the superhero specifically, Boom, isn't just in movies. It's all over television now. Too. Yeah. So I think yeah. we're in this golden age of not just scripted television, but of specifically superhero movies and TV shows. There were never this many. Like, you were lucky if you got one superhero movie a summer, uh, and then occasionally, mostly it was like one every other summer. I'm like, great, we get no. one superhero movie. <laughs> And we hope it's going to be good. Yeah. Like uh, you know, when you get back to the um, Michael Keaton Batmans, they don't quite hold up. As uh, but I remember how excited I was <laughs> you're, when it first under came the, out. His skin here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, like when, especially with just the weirdness of Tim Burton and Batman, and I just I remember seeing it uh, for the first time, and uh, uh, one of our writers, uh, Neil Weekly. I remember we saw you know we saw it years ago when it first came out. Um, he was saying that, wow, that was everything I wanted and more. And one of the reasons was we were so starving for a good superhero yeah. movie at mm-hmm. that time. Um, it was it was phenomenal. and uh, I, I think X-Men really put it on the map because it was uh, a giant budget, not that Batman wasn't, but um, it it was the first time that uh, a comic book movie that didn't have like an iconic Batman, Superman, something that was maybe all the, that more people knew. Like a, I guess you could call it brand awareness for right. superheroes. X Men was a comic book that a lot of people read, mm-hmm. but you even had like movie movie executives, um, you know, that greenlit the movie didn't know what the X Men
1: were. You know, exactly. you have you had this. Um, but I wonder if that's that because they were older, they were maybe they were maybe the age I am now, but. Uh, as someone who was a kid in the '90s, the X Men animated series was yeah, was a huge big deal, deal uh, yeah. for for us, and so it uh, it did. It didn't feel that obscure to me, of course, when X-Men came out, because me and most of my friends but had X-Men grown up watching also, the exploits of Gambit. And yeah, but also, stuff you, <laughs> also
2: with X-Men, you've got a million characters. Right. You know, when yeah. you have a Batman movie, you have Batman. When you have Superman, you have Superman. You have Lex like, yeah. Luthor or whatever. And when you have X-Men, well, who's in the X-Men? That's like the first question of somebody who doesn't uh, um, know who the characters are. And uh, the other thing is like the Avengers, where you have let's call it just a rotating cast. You know, you have, you know, the original, it's like Justice League. You have the founding members and you have people that come in and out. And that's all uh, good and fine and superhero-y. But I really felt like... uh, um, X Men, X Men Two, and then uh, I will give Brett Ratner some credit. He almost ruined the entire superhero uh, franchise <laughs> and uh, momentum with X Men Three. That was one of the worst movies ever. It's almost um, an achievement.
1: Yeah, it uh, really is. It's like okay, and yet well, it was not a record only... breaking box office. Yeah, get... right. yeah. because
2: uh, it was built on the first right, two. Right, right. Uh, it, you know, it's like it's like Blair Witch. Like uh, right. Blair Witch made a ton of money, but not everyone who saw it liked it. Uh, right. So. You, you look at X-Men 3 and you see everything that was wrong with uh, making superhero movies by studios, and it was doing the opposite of everything that was being done right for the first two. You have um, a director who knew nothing and had no understanding of the characters Mm -hmm. and also or the storylines or plot and realized well I'm just going to kill off a bunch of iconic characters and it doesn't matter uh, because I don't really know or care who these characters are Um, and uh, thank God no other filmmakers are doing that Zack Snyder so uh, you know it's good to see that filmmakers are really um, on board with these characters you can see it's such a simple formula hire a director that has a passion for the actual material, you know. It, it's it can be a superhero movie, comedy, horror. It doesn't matter, but especially for superhero movies, like when that Green Lantern movie came out, what studio executive was going? Get me the director of Vertical Limit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So you know, if but you have Sam Raimi who right. loved Spider Man, yeah. growing up as a kid, and uh, you know just absolutely loved it, and you could see the passion going into Spider Man One and. Spider-Man, and to,
1: too. Uh, I'll mention today to date the day that we're recording this, it was announced uh, that uh, Joss Whedon may be making a Batgirl movie for, yeah. for Warner Brothers. Which is intriguing. That sounds cool to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll see if it happens.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just like the Joss Whedon Wonder Woman
0: movie. Yeah. Um, but, Warner, uh, Warner Brothers will find a way to ruin it sure. the way they ruin everything.
1: Um, but uh, They're getting good, at <laughs> <laughs> The thing about uh, Brian Singer's X-Men, and then we, we can go back to the actual mm-hmm. topic, but I think the thing that signaled to me, like uh, especially in retrospect, but I think even at the time that this was a new era, was that th- this is a superhero comic book movie that starts off in a concentration camp. It was yes. like immediately yeah. he was saying we're taking this seriously, and yeah. I think that that set and the, the effects tone for were a lot of good. I mean, yeah.
2: you know, when when you watch any movie, you know, five, ten years old, there you you see the uh, the cracks and the seams and the effects, but when they come out at the time, especially I remember with X Men uh, the original one when Magneto turned all the guns around on the uh, uh-huh. yeah. police, like the audience, like cheered, like we'd never seen like images like that before. Like in like, yeah, we get to see Magneto and we get to see these crazy magnetic powers that we've only seen in comic books or in animation before we're getting yeah. to finally
0: see this in live action. Uh, definitely, I was, okay. I was 18 when the movie came out. I grew up reading X-Men and then I, I was anticipating the animated series cause I read the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there was part of me that just, even at eighteen, I mean, by this time I am a movie guy. Like I, uh-huh. I was excited to see, you know, Eyes Wide Shut in the theater and stuff like that. But then, one of the first conversations you and I ever had was about Eyes Wide Shut. By the way, did we like it? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> it's a weird thing to ask. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 kid inside me was just like holy shit I'm about to see Wolverine like a live action Wolverine for the first time I'm going to see his claws yeah, uh-huh. and I'm going to see like some director's interpretation of the right. this, you know it was always snicked uh-huh. S-N-I-K-T, right. S-N-I-K-T yep. mm-hmm. and so I was like alright what's that going to translate out to in and a, how are they going to
2: retract how's it going to
0: look how are they yeah. going to do his hair his mutton chops
2: is he going to yeah. be short you yeah. know all those things go through your head
0: and And I actually think that, and so let's, I'll use this to get us sort of into the, the topic, uh, proper, because I do think that X-Men changed things because up until then, like Superman, he looks like Superman, Batman, his, his costume isn't blue and gray, it's black, but he still has the cowl. He still has the cape and the emblem, the X-Men. There's, there's no yellow Mm -hmm. in there. I mean, they even make a joke about it. You know, nobody's wearing a cowl. Everybody's face is pretty much exposed. And so and you mentioned it starts with the Holocaust there seemed to be this this idea that okay we're taking superhero movies seriously and we're going to try and ground them in this reality. Now I think Sam Raimi went a little bit went a different route with Spider-Man but between X-Men and Spider-Man you kind of had the di- the two different tones that would dictate superhero movies for years to come until I'd say probably Batman Begins and certainly Dark Knight when mm-hmm. everything had to be gritty and then and so yeah there's always been the the two actually now that i think about it now wasn't the
2: punisher in there somewhere the original punisher with Dolph Longren? like that was was in the 80s that
0: That was 89 '89. that was same year as batman
2: yeah that was uh now here's the interesting thing about this there there's no way you could use the word good to describe that movie Uh however it is definitely a guilty pleasure and one of the reasons is too it was a comic book movie that was um quote a superhero movie Rated R, right. <laughs> ultra violent, and you had a character that um, Dolf Walgren. He freaking looked like Frank Castle, he, did. he it, was, it was like uncanny, like it looked like somebody drew him into the movie, and um and just that that haunted darkness that was inside him. Every once in a while, that came out into the movie. I'm like, oh, you know what? This wasn't. You know, this wasn't a horrible interpretation of this character. And I love, too, like when Deadpool came out, I was like, oh, see, comic book movies can be rated R. I'm like, no, they've been rated R for many, many years. We've yeah. had how many Punisher movies? Yeah, yeah. they've you know, all been it, R. It's like, it's and, like, it's like that. Like that's the, you know, the, the headline is always, this is the first one. No, it isn't. You yeah. yeah. made a bunch of money, there's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So exactly. if it makes a bunch of money, that makes it the first right. one, yeah. I guess. <laughs> we had
1: three three blades. Right. Yeah. yeah,
0: all are. Yeah, And so, uh, so the reason that this topic came about, oddly enough, is because I was uh, TAing a class for uh, a, a film history class. And uh, one of the topics that was thrown out for the second paper, which has to cover anything between 1940 and 2000, so someone said, well, how about superhero movies? And I said, okay, well, and this is, you know, an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you do need to keep in mind that this is, you can't talk about anything after 2000 and immediately she was like, Oh, Oh. And I said, I said, but I assure you there were plenty of them before 2000 They did exist <laughs> and they were fascinating. Yeah. Now I'd say they're pretty homogenized for the most part, but in the, between you know for me I would I kind of start with the 78 Superman right and move forward and just like they're so distinct and so strange Mm -hmm. there was no these weren't necessarily for kids they were for all ages kids could enjoy them but you know I was seven when Batman came out right I was super excited to see it and I loved it when I saw it, and there are things about it I still love. but like that's that has that's a that's a superhero movie with its roots in German expressionism right like, that's <laughs> it, nobody knew what a superhero movie was, so it was everything. Yeah. and it was kind of great. It was a wonderful time. Well, if you um
2: just to give our uh, younger viewers a little perspective too, when that first Superman Christopher Reeve movie mm-hmm. came out um i remember being in the movie theater just being blown away by the credit sequence i mean yeah. like you know how how often did you see like this crazy animated epic credit yeah. sequence coming at you with and this, a great, with this and beautiful a great score. yeah, yeah this is beautiful and uh um, also, you know, you just believe like, oh my God, this this he can really fly. It's like yeah. super, and it's yeah. you know the, these effects that you just haven't seen before. Wasn't that part of the um,
0: ad campaign where it said yeah, like, you will, be, will
2: believe, you a believe a man, believe can, man can fly? fly. Exactly, and, and you know it. And it, it's you get back to the discussion sometimes about effects. And, you know, the how how they increase in their data, you know, when you look at them with, through contemporary glasses, like, you know, the original King Kong in the 30s, they originally I'm mm-hmm. um, thinking of leaving out the spider sequence because it would terrify the audience too much, yeah. you know, and, and you look at it now. Well, it's it looks, you know, it's Harryhausen, you know, mm-hmm. movement yeah. type movements. But, you know, at the time. You know, you can even go back to film history where the very first films, people were getting scared because they thought the train was coming at them. Uh-huh. Now, you know? fi- now,
0: officially, that is, I believe uh, an urban legend or not urban legend. What do you call that? Apocryphal? Uh, Apocryphal. Which one? Oh boy. Uh, the, uh, the train thing. Cause I, again, I took this film history. I'm going go to my
1: grave. believing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true. It's, I think somebody got scared.
0: <laughs> oh, und- if someone probably did, <laughs> yes. But that's, I, I do feel like there's this, uh, there's an attitude that we take about the past. Like, look at these primitive idiots yeah. jumping out of the way. There probably was someone undoubtedly, but, uh, I think it has been blown into blown out of, uh, out of proportion that uh, that rumor but it is fun and i do like to say it yes. um
1: what i what i love because i i saw superman when i was a kid and then i didn't see it for a long right. time and i saw it uh, uh watched it again maybe five years ago or whatever um and what i like about it especially watching it now and we when we're in the age of the 21st century superhero and the post x-men and the post yes. the post watchman like you know self-awareness like there's nothing about uh, about Richard Donner Superman, that's trying to be cool or cutting edge. It's, I mean, the, the effects are, uh, yeah. and, and those you're talking about, but the 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 aesthetic of the movie and the presentation is really like classical and almost al- almost corny, and I think in a in an intentional way that that makes it seem like uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's. Uh, uh, like you were saying, Tyler, it doesn't seem like it's aimed at kids or aimed at a certain demographic. It has this sort of almost like uh, uh, classic Americana Norman Rockwell type of feel about yeah. about it, like,
2: which is what Superman is. Yeah, exactly. Like really, and, and you know, you get the heart of uh, of the character in the style of the filmmaking, which is what you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, and then it, it's interesting. Then the history of like this, the sequel, where there's multiple cuts yeah. of the sequel, and then the franchise just goes off the rails in 3 and 4 yeah. you know I, I i'm sure a lot of people don't even know there was a 4 that uh, and it's, which one it's has Richard Pryor in
1: it is that I that's think three. that's three, three. yeah, yeah. With,
2: with the computer monster at the end yeah and last
1: year's and then four was Nuclear Man yeah last year's uh, WonderCon the, which was here in Los Angeles at of Anaheim the bar across the, street, the Mexican restaurant bar across the street was showing Superman 3 uh, when I went over there for lunch I ended up watching like the second half of Superman 3 remember the of poster back of the
2: for Superman 3 where he's <laughs> just
1: carrying Richard
2: Pryor <laughs> <There's>, and it, <laughs> it was
0: I remember, uh, I worked at a video store and so we had all the Superman movies and, and if you look, if you line them all up, like the first one, the cover was, and this was, you know, VHS. The cover was him like flying towards the camera with like one fist out. Right. Second one, both fists out. Fourth one, he's flying into space, ripping apart a nuclear warhead. Like third one. he's carrying scared Richard Pryor (laughs) and it's like wow this really stands out (laughs) but it also lets you know like what they're trying to and that's this speaks to what I what I'm talking about they're like they're playing up the role of noted comedian Richard Pryor and then two movies before you had Oscar winners Gene Hackman and Marlon Brando like yep this is it's a series and it's I think it's uh, indicative of, of larger things that like Nobody really knew what it was. Every new every new superhero movie released was f- was redefining what a superhero movie could be. Like with that first Richard Donner Superman of course, they go back to the source material and try to capture that because why wouldn't they? That's right, what people want. Exactly. We're making a super. It's what people like. We're you making a Superman weird? movie. It's kind of still what people want. As yeah. it turns out, yeah. yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, we, we all still like pay Superman. to see it. Yeah, we yeah. kind
2: of like Superman the way he is. <laughs>
0: yeah, it boy it gives it gives With, me a lot more respect for the Brian Singer Superman, which at least is trying to kind of combine <laughs> the two things.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I guess if you had to pick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well, thankfully we don't cuz we're talking about pre-2000 yeah. so Suspe- I, I don't know
1: that I have anything to say about Howard the Duck, but I feel like I should mention Howard the Duck because it's on, it's uh, on my list here. Okay, yeah. what do you have cuz it is I mean it's a it's a Marvel movie from 1986. Yeah, it and, is. And a George Lucas movie. Yeah. 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 Which I haven't seen since I was probably 9 years old. So yeah. kind
0: of weird that the things we just the things you just said are now both owned by Disney. Yes, they sure are. I know that they don't um, own George Lucas, but uh they own everything he came Although up with.
2: I love that uh, you know with the stinger in Guardians of the Galaxy where you actually you that was him. fun that was
0: fantastic that's so. and you know what that's the perfect kind of stinger for right. that movie
2: exactly like it's
0: goofy it's ridiculous yeah. and. Maybe we'll get a Howard the Duck movie,
2: and it's a uh, yeah, and it's an Easter egg. It's Yes, like, okay, you know fans are going to love it, but you know it's not integ- integral to the world or the plot or anything. Not at all. Uh, so uh, you know the Howard the Duck movie is a fascinating movie to watch because it fails on so many different levels <laughs> that uh, it, it's just it's one of those um train wrecks that it has this it's this just big budget disaster that you see flailing around and falling apart right in front of your eyes. So for that very reason from a film history perspective, it's a great movie to watch. I saw it when I
0: was a kid and it frightened me. <laughs> and it frightened me before the villain turns into this big monster like right. with the big How- tentacle coming out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. which is really creepy on right. its own. Mm-hmm. But Howard himself, I found like I don't like this and I don't yeah. like him and I don't like I don't like that he and this human are, you know I feel like maybe I'm being an inappropriate prejudiced. relationship. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's just in, and that's and it was a comedy. I think I don't think that was rated R, but uh, but it definitely had adult qualities to it. Sure, he reads. He um, well, play, play
1: duck. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <'Cause>
0: <laughs> Nine that years old. Like, that
2: was the joke that stuck with me. Yeah, <laughs> play duck. Because that was you know in the in the comic book that was the character. He's like you know this foul mouth, you yeah. know dirty, you know smoking like, a cigar yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so that's boy. I don't, I don't know who went. That should be a movie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess George yeah. Lucas.
1: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and no one said no. So we talked about, uh, feel free to, you know, I'm not guiding, you know, guiding the ship here. Feel yeah. free to jump in. But, uh, uh, do we uh, need to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990? Yes, I feel like yes. It's been a long time. I don't know if it's good or not, but I do think. No, you're talking about that, the original one. Yes, the 1991.
2: Yeah. I, I remember um, I was in college when this movie came out and uh there was a huge um uh, wave of, of anticipation for this movie and they had a college screening on campus because sometimes they would get the movies early and we would oh, see yeah. them and uh couldn't get into it got there too late at hmm. this massive theater absolutely packed could you we couldn't get in so i w- i didn't even get a chance to see it but One of the things I remember thinking is like, oh, well, Jim Henson's making the costumes and are they even going to be able to move? Are they going to be puppets? And Mm -hmm. then when you see the trailer and they're doing these martial arts moves in these costumes, like, oh, my God, how are they pulling this off? So it's another one of those movies that it doesn't hold up. Uh, But at the time, it was um, groundbreaking from just the the um, effects, practical Mm -hmm. effects the The practical effects were were very impressive, and you know I'm sure if you ever I get like a practical effects historian, mm-hmm. that will probably be one of the movies that they reference from everything from being able to do martial arts moves to like a robotic head to do expressions all yeah. the same package and make it look like a turtle. It's like that's and having come impressive. across as real characters yes. with real
1: emotion.
0: So
2: that's yeah, the thing I yeah. want to get. And get it at... stayed it stayed true to the characters in the comic
0: book too. The, the, And I think Not part the cartoon, of that, though. Part, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> part of that is that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Is technically an independent film. It was, yeah, I right. think new, distributed by right. Warner's or whoever. A no, new line, mm-hmm. but it was an independent film, and uh, I think up until the Passion of the Christ, it was the highest-grossing independent film uh, in history. It was this um, was before
2: Warner Brothers bought New Line,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of the reason that, it, that that <laughs> the the characters are a little closer to, to Kevin Eastman's creations, um, Michael Bay and, wasn't involved, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they say damn and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah, like the movie has a little bit of a uh, a harder edge to it which was very appealing to me as a yeah. as an eight uh eight, 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 eight or nine year old mm-hmm. um uh yeah i think i think it can be chalked up to the fact that it uh it wasn't overly uh uh dictated um and committed to death which is i think what uh secret of the Ooze and the third one
0: where they go to oh. feudal
1: japan oh are. yeah
0: <laughs> i can't even remember the what is the name of the third one it's not Turtles in Time. That's a video game. Okay. It is. I don't remember. Okay. Secret
1: of the Use
2: is uh, two. Yeah, there's right? two. It's one with uh, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, I don't remember what the and
0: was. the and the guys that are. Oh boy! Yeah, oh, they, I, this I, sticks I, in your craw. I, right? I wasn't anticipating talking about this. Yeah, Talk about Secret of the Use. <laughs> okay, yeah, so but, Secret it. of the Use has these two mutant characters, yeah. Toka and Razar, not Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah,
2: the, who were, you know the more um, well-known yeah characters. They're the ones that people. That kids like me wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I just made two weird ones. So part
1: three is just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Name
2: the, Uh uh, (laughs) can you name in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the celebrity that was very young and the leader of the gang? Uh,
0: Yeah. Yes. Sam Rockwell, yes, Sam Uh-oh. Rockwell's right. in
2: this movie, and uh, and when you watch it again, you're like, is that a young Sam Rockwell? And it sure is. He sounds exactly the same.
1: It's um, great. It was also the movie that introduced me to the actor uh, Elias Cotillas, yeah, yeah, uh, who is a prolific actor and very talented and uh-huh. shows up in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But a part of me, anytime he's in anything, oh, that's Casey from The Thin Red lines, whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. oh, that's Casey Jones.
0: And what's funny <laughs> yeah. is he has never played a Casey Jones like character since. <laughs> right? He no. couldn't be further from that. Here's another fun fact. Uh, ah, why do I know this? Okay, so uh, in the uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's a part where uh, Raphael is uh, hit by a cab, and then it cuts to the cab driver and his passenger, and his passenger is saying like, you know, what w- what the hell was that? And the passenger is in fact actor Josh. Pice, Pice. who does the voice of Raphael in that film.
1: Oh, really? So you're welcome.
0: That's a Mm -hmm. dumb thing. I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Moving on again, guys, jump in with your Mm list at any point. Now we, so far we've been talking about movies that are based on comic books. Yes. But, um, Uh, specifically
2: superhero movies.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I want to talk about a superhero movie, a great superhero movie from the same year uh, as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's not based on a comic book. It's an original movie called Darkman. That's right. Ah, And it's a Sam Raimi movie. And if you look at, if you look at Darkman and then you immediately watch 2002 Superman, you realize like or Sp- Superman, Spider-Man, you realize like, oh, he was he's on the same wave Like he was trying yeah. some shit out there with with the way that the the, the camera sort of uh, moves around um, and and frames stops and in frames and in sort of the wide angle uh, or, or Dutch angle. Weren't there uh, weren't
2: there a bunch of two like directed video sequels yes. on Darkman as oh, well? Oh, yeah. I, I never Dark saw Man any of Returns
0: or, Yeah, Liam yeah. Neeson's not in those. No, but, um, <laughs> good for him. Yeah. yeah, is the bad guy no, Larry Drake? Larry Drake, rest
1: I, in peace. Yes, is he in any of the sequels? I believe he is. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So here's the thing: I never quite know from a production standpoint when things start because when you look at eighty nine, the eighty nine Batman, and then you look at the ninety Dark Man, everything about it. Not, to, I'm not putting this on Sam Raimi. I'm saying as a function of the studio, everything about it seems like. It was greenlit to be like the dark, weird Batman. But at the same time, because it's only one year later, it's like, well, maybe it was already in production. I don't know. Maybe it was rushed into production. I don't know, like, the, like in 90, sure you also the, had Dick Tracy. I'm sure the internet knows. Yeah. You could ask, yeah, <laughs> <ask> the internet. <laughs> yeah. like, and, and it's right
2: here in front of me, but I'm not going to look. The, uh, because that happens sometimes. You have competing projects that get yeah. greenlit at similar times, or you have ones that are uh, just piggybacking like a year later or six months later on a successful thing. Some stuff gets fast-tracked. Some stuff gets stuck in development uh, for yeah. hell forever. So you never know what the exact
0: story is behind, like why this one was released when it was like the, like in 1990, Danny Elfman did the music for Dick Tracy and he had just done Batman. And I guess I always just assumed that, well, of course, you know, they just want, they said, Oh, this Batman score is so great. Let's get him for our highly stylized, uh, comic strip adaptation. Uh, and, but apparently that's not the case. Apparently he was already, he was already booked to do the music. Yeah. I think, Mm -hmm. um, that happens. Well, what, what Chris is
1: saying about things like maybe Darkman or something that Sam Raimi was already working on, and then the success of Batman made, made people... What, the, 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 the money that, people say, let's fast." The other things this.
2: that happens with like screenwriters, especially, if you sell one script and it's a hit, and it's like, well, what about these 10 I have in my trunk that <laughs> I right, haven't been right, right, sell for right. the last 15 years, then all of a sudden they start getting bought as the new scripts from this hot new script writer. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but it happens the other way, too, uh, because uh, I, I don't know why I didn't know this, but uh, there was... Meant to be before the whole MCU back in like 2004, there was going to be a Black Widow movie. Right. And then basically what happened is Ultraviolet and Eon Flux were both failures. And the studios said, people don't want to see women kicking ass in in (laughs) tight leather or whatever. And they completely
0: scrapped the movie. Yeah. And it's odd because Resident Evil. uh, right but yeah that was i guess so yes that yeah, had already established itself i forgot about resident evil um <laughs> <Yeah>. and it's <laughs> interesting because now i think a black widow movie would do very well but they still aren't no, making any not, announcements. there's
2: not one on the books um now i'm sure there's there has to be talks or like maybe it'll be like a black widow slash hawkeye movie something sure there'll, there'll be something going on like, that'd be neat i'd like that because nope. you're seeing a lot of now is uh even in these solo movies the cameos but they're getting more prevalent like if you saw the new Spider-Man trailer, Iron Man is all over that Spider-Man trailer. Mm. And, you know, for the new Thor Ragnarok movie, Hulk is in it for not a cameo, for a significant portion of it. So um, I, I really think now they're just kind of hedging their bets like well are you lukewarm on Spider-Man but we already know you like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, and Iron Man right? he's in it so just yeah.
0: come come see him. Yeah and very much like look we know nobody really likes these Thor movies that much <laughs> but we know you like the Hulk so yes. stay right, tuned and Jeff Goldblum.
2: Yeah um, and he had his own movie but we're never giving him another one so yes. enjoy him here.
1: Uh, in terms of Black Widow and having a uh, uh, female led right uh, Marvel movie mm-hmm. so you've got Captain Marvel in the works. You got Miss
2: Marvel coming out, yeah. Um, but
1: mm-hmm. you've also got Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Yes. So does that mean the not Wasp? The, not the Wasp and Ant Man,
2: though. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right. Still Ant Man and I'm the But I'm saying, Wasp. is the
1: Wasp going to be the first female Marvel MCU character to top line, to have her name in the. Uh, uh, in in the title of the movie, like that's, I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, I like Ant Man, but that's, that's a really good question. It's weird could, that could, she's going to be Wonder Woman be out first. for well, the I'm first, saying yeah. I'm saying of of Marvel because no, yeah, Wonder I, Woman will definitely be out first because it's coming out this this year. That's right? this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: Marvel had uh, many opportunities to beat DC to the punch on that. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> now now that you put it that way, that's interesting. Yeah,
1: so it might be uh, Ant Man and the Lost, which again, I mm-hmm. like Ant Man. I like Evangeline Lilly. I'm looking forward to it.
0: I'm, exi- right. I'm excited for the... I wouldn't uh,
1: count
2: on a Wasp, the, wasp uh,
0: solo movie, though. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't uh, think I would want yeah. one, and I didn't even <laughs> like Ant-Man that much, but I'm excited oh, yeah, for, for Brie Larson. as a, <laughs> Is it Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel? I don't remember It's now. Captain Marvel, because that's what
1: she is in the current comics. Right, okay. As far as I understand. Um, um, but don't they call her Miss Marvel? It's a weird... Uh, I, I I haven't read enough comics. We need someone in here who's yeah. uh, yeah. a Marvel Captain expert. Marvel is also I mean. Shazam. But I think within... That's right. Yeah. I think... I think he's perished uh within the current like Marvel timeline like Miss <laughs> Marvel got Captain Marvel like Marvel's Powers when he died, right? Yes,
0: I do remember when I was a kid, Captain Marvel was a guy. He's and an then alien named Marvel. Marvel, mm-hmm, which right? is kind of silly. Um, <laughs> but uh, in fact, you know, what, I'm co- going to a f-
2: lot of copyright issues <laughs> going back and forth. DC and uh, Marvel. i I'm going right
0: to take right away the kind of that's kind of t- <laughs> th- that's very silly. But uh, but yeah, and uh, yeah, I, every time, and i I've, I've had conversations with some of our listeners who are like into comic books. Mm-hmm. It is. I got. I stopped reading comic books when I like really got it into movies. So I was probably I was probably like thirteen or fourteen. And you haven't read one since? Not really, no. Oh, and uh, oh. apparently, a lot of developments. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people are dying. People are apparently there's a whole line of like Marvel zombies.
1: Yes. I'm not sure if that's
0: still going
2: on or not. I'm a ca- <laughs> I'm a casual comic reader because I love reading them on a device. Like I don't have room or time to go to a comic sure. book store anymore. But. I can throw down a dollar for a new issue of Hellboy. Um, there you go. You know, I'm good. I, I love the Mike McNola universe, and I'll, occasionally I'll grab like uh, the new Hawkeyes. Uh, uh, they were pretty good. And there's uh, there's, but you know, I, I, am I reading all of the Spider Man, X Men, Wolverine? Dan- no, no, yeah, I, I don't have time to check out everything. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm still a casual comic reader. I still love the medium.
1: Yeah, I try to keep up, but I, I tend to. Uh, what happens with these? I mean the. The, the movie extended universes are one thing, but the comic book extended universes are ridiculous. Cause right. I try like, if you, and everything gets retconned, so yeah, it's yeah. like, Oh wait, what, wait, what just happened And, now and, and, and also that? if you like trade wait, like I do, instead of buying weekly comics, a lot of the times you, you wait for the trade to come out. It's called trade waiting. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, oh, got it. oh I didn't know that was a term. <laughs> it, uh, that is a term. Yeah. Um, then, so, then you have to like, think back. You'll simply have to be like, okay, Six months ago, when I was just reading the trade of this <laughs> yeah. other one, this is what was going on at the time these comics were coming out, and you have to try right. and like keep it all in, in your head. That sounds uh, exhausting. <laughs> does get, but yes, my understanding is that Captain Marvel C- Carol Danvers the- was a fighter pilot or a test pilot, I think, and she was present when Captain Marvel died, and his powers were sort of transferred to her in the blast that killed him. Uh, and now she can fly and is super strong, but she's and then still they,
2: they uh, also and reboot the universes too, right. like the new yeah. 52, and you know, so that's there's that too, which like, is the previous
1: one. Now there's yeah. rebirth, which right. is the what?
2: new one. the next, uh, which
1: is
0: I think maintaining some of the 52, new 52. Yeah, then they redo idea. everything again. Yeah, <laughs> David, you may recall that uh, for a while I was, uh, we would get like motion comics. Uh, to review like on DVD so they would take like a a comic like mini series or whatever you want to call it and turn it into this hour and a half long like motion comic by the way horrible idea yeah yeah (laughs) yes it is I reviewed like three of these things and I think they stopped and watched
2: is like a wrong term it's like I've never um, slowly read these moving pages before.
0: <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's like a comic book, but now I'm reading at somebody else's pace. Oh, right. good. Yeah. Uh, here's... And a
2: helicopter's moving in the background. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and here's the thing is that uh, I tried to, as I will sometimes do, uh, I try to get rid of these things. Like, I'll just. Uh, you know if if I've reviewed it, it's like all right, I did my job, I paid for it that way, and I'll take it to like uh this uh like a used DVD place. They won't even take them. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, they're like, Nobody, they're nobody's going to nobody's going to buy them. So yeah, we, just...
1: we don't have any tables that need
2: popping you know up an, right now. You know what an actual motion comic is for a, a comic
0: book movie, an actual movie. Right. Yeah. That's when yeah. you want the comics to actually move. You make a movie. It did help me though, to catch up a little bit on like what modern comics are. And, uh, I'll be, no, thank slowly. you. No. Th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eventually, uh, like there was one who was Wolverine versus Hulk. Yes oh no thank you that thing was awful well what was bad about it everything just (laughs) just like what they've done with wolverine over the years just turning him into this he was never meant to be this operatic character for god's sake
1: well that's i mean that's the the effect we you know to go back to talking about brian singer's x-men sure uh and the Holocaust and all the super serious stuff that has infected X-Men comics ever since. And there's so much gloom and doom in yeah. your in your weekly or your monthly, uh, X-Men book. Uh, it gets a little bit, uh, laughable at times. Okay. Now here's
0: the deal. We, uh, the, the, the big thing in talking about this, um, and I, I don't, so having read the paper that the student eventually turned in, uh, she took some of my advice, but not the advice I wanted her to take. I didn't, Specify you should do this and you'll get a good grade. Um, <laughs> I give her a good grade anyway. Anyway, oh um, the movies that Batman uh, inspired. I'll be uh, I'll be Batman? I'll be, ge- I'll be uh, uh-huh. the the eighty nine Batman. I'll, okay. I'll I'll be generous and say inspired as opposed to uh, uh, the cash grab that studios wanted uh, mm-hmm. to be. Um, you know, you've got Darkman, but then you also have uh, stuff like. The Shadow, the Shadow, which yeah. I'm a big fan of, probably yes. probably more than I should be, uh, because in watching it again, it's like, yeah, this kind of falls apart in the last act, but
1: but stylistically it has the... Was, that um, the, was
0: the Phantom in that? Oh, yeah. Phantom uh, I in never, that? I, yeah. I never saw that okay. one. It is terrible. I'm sorry, yes. David. Yes. The
1: Shadow has that stylistically like retro thing that you like. Dick Tracy has, or that Batman the Animated Series has, yeah. that I, I like. Yeah, The Shadow doesn't hold up that well. And I it doesn't have a CG cloak. Uh, um. it does actually.
0: And uh, that's and the CG is not great to be honest with you. Uh, but that, that's but, director, uh, Russell Mulcahy, right? Yes. Okay. So here we go. Now, some of these are based on other things, but there's no question that they are meant to be like Batman. I'd right. say the crow, uh, is in there. Oh, I, I would, I'll have, yeah, I have things to say about the crow. I'd say the phantom. I think it's arguable that the mask as crazy as it is. Yeah. the, the city that it takes place in, and the world that it takes place in, is very Gotham City esque. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm a big fan of the Rocketeer. I don't think that was meant to capitalize on Batman, but at the same time, its use of Art Deco and all that might have sure. been inspired by that. Like now, the Rocketeer,
2: I think, was um, meant to capitalize on the Indiana Jones uh, fun serials of like the 30s and sure all of those. Yeah, I yeah. think That's really what it, it what the the target it was yeah. hitting more, and it, and I think it hit it beautifully.
0: Yeah, when I had heard. That Joe Johnston was going to be doing Captain America. I remember thinking, like, that's a good choice because exactly. the Rocketeer yep. captures that spirit so well. You get so to well. see
2: Rick Rick Overton go. The Rocketeer.
0: <laughs> 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 I forget, like the the like Rick Overton's in Willow, right? Oh yeah, yeah, with Kevin with Pollack. Kevin Pollak. Yeah, mm-hmm. his career is interesting to me.
2: I, I just every time we have Kevin Pollak on the show or I go on his show, I, I just I can't help myself. I. Except for bringing up Willow, and sure. I mean, I know he's been in a million movies, but can we just, can we talk
1: about Willow just for a second? <laughs> sure. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Uh,
0: now but, here's here's. Oh, sorry. Uh,
1: the Crow is a movie that I love. The Crow. Uh, I still love, even though when I watch yeah. it now, I think the 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 dialogue is just uh just real boneheaded um and there's a, a lot of it that is a little bit embarrassing well but stylistically i'm gonna tell you it, something
2: that'll make you love the crow even more okay uh first of all there was um when you go back to the source material the the comic book creator uh, james Barr, yeah horrifying tragedy his um fiance was killed oh. and this is what the impetus for the uh, movie and for the, the character was, but there's an interview of him on the Crow DVD, and, you know, here's the guy, doesn't know that much about Hollywood out of it, and then he said the shit that they were pitching him of uh, when the, making the Crow movie. At one point, they actually pitched a musical to him. Uh-huh. And it's like, these producers from Hollywood, what they do is they come and say a beautiful tree and go, hey, that's a beautiful tree. Now we want to piss on it. <laughs> just to hear a guy from completely outside Hollywood with this property that, and just to say that just made me laugh so hard. And I'm like, yeah, you got it in five minutes. Yeah.
0: Much. Uh, it's because so. he's successful in another medium. Like yes. he understands how <laughs> yeah. things can operate. Yeah. And then, but yeah. I guess the crow still turned out pretty well. You were talking about the, the uh, visual element of it. I don't and and yeah.
1: the, and the, and the soundtrack and everything. I mean, I, I don't think I was uh, uh, the tragedy of Brandon Lee being uh, yeah. murdered. I mean, I don't killed. think he's that, yeah great in the movie, uh, unfortunately. And I think um, some of the dialogue, like I said, comes across pretty corny. But it's a movie you could watch with the sound off and be completely engrossed. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's no surprise that you Alex Price's next dis- film was Dark City. Which yeah, is
2: a- I mean, you feel oh, the despair a- a- in that movie. You really, you feel it. And it's uh, um, it's a, it's one of those good, dark, gothic, like, yeah. all right, I'm already in a shitty mood. Let me watch <laughs> this movie. And,
0: uh, it's Which was perfect for people our age because it came out sure. when we were teenage well i guess a teen little angst. bit before we were like angsty teens but, but like we wanted to be we wanted to we, be. Were, we yeah. looked yeah. up to yeah. the yeah. these so we wanted to be yeah
1: we wanted to hang out with kennedy on 120 minutes <laughs> yeah. um, but uh Make her change your glasses <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that, that soundtrack is like a such an encapsulation oh, yeah. of that i bought that, that soundtrack era. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's got uh, right up there with mortal got, kombat you got the well <laughs> different types of music yeah but you got the cure yeah. On there, you got Violent Femmes, you got Rage Against the Machine, you yeah. got Helmet, uh covering uh Suicide's Ghost Rider, right? Yeah. Isn't that what they do? Um Uh, And then you've got my life with the throw kill cult. You've got 9 inch nails Mm -hmm. covering Joy Division. Yeah, and then that
2: also spawned like this entire franchise. There were um, sequels. There was a TV show. There was like all sorts of stuff.
1: Was there a TV show? Was a TV show? I don't remember that. I remember the sequel with 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 Iggy Pop. Uh, It wasn't very good.
2: Now, now you're making me question. Was there a TV show? I could have sworn there was a Crow TV show. Now you're thinking of. You're, you're thinking, thinking
0: of, of You're thinking of the cape. <laughs> um,
1: there was a RoboCop TV show. Yes, uh, there was. More than one. There was a live-action one and an animated one. The animated one took place uh, like further in the future. Yes, it did.
0: Because yeah. they didn't want to deal with any of the... <laughs> it is astonishing to me, looking back on my childhood, the number of things that were absolutely rated R, not even a question, <laughs> for the worst violence, terrible language horrendous drug use and probably a fair chunk of nudity. And they're like, let's make action figures of this because <laughs> kids are going to want want uh, want RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, I
2: yeah. will say the, the crow stairway to heaven.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> what is that? That's the drama series. Really? When was it? Yeah. Let's see. 19 final, final episode, May 1999. That's about right. <laughs> so when was the first episode? <laughs> I'm going to say April. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how well it did
0: now. <laughs> Here's a, I've got all kinds of fun facts. Here is a fun fact. The very first movie review I ever wrote was for Spawn. I was oh. on my I was on my high school newspaper oh, staff with John Leguizamo. That yeah, <laughs> inexplicably yes. <laughs> Although you know what, he's the only character that has any kind of pulse. Although you know, what, Martin Sheen is hamming it up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote a mostly I did not know Martin Sheen was in that movie. Yeah, no no it's no not a good movie. And <laughs> fucking speaking of uh, CGI capes, yeah, kidding me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I wrote a fairly positive review. I tried to be, you know, I was. Probably 15 at the time, uh, and I'm trying to sound really smart and all that. And then uh, another R-rated I, superhero movie. Was it R-rated or was it PG-13? Oh, Spawn had to be R. It
2: feels like it should be R, <laughs> unless they they snuck it in on a PG-13. Let's find out.
0: Um, but I uh, so I was not on the editing staff of mm-hmm. the newspaper so I, I had no say R. It's rated R. Yeah. I had no say over the headlines mm-hmm. so it was late at night was as they were editing this first edition of the of the newspaper and they decided to look at my review which i put a lot of work into i really wanted to sound smart and adult <laughs> and they decided they were punchy and thought well there's only one headline that'll work for this review and it it was literally grr it spawn <laughs> <laughs> that was their headline g3r's exclamation point it's spawn exclamation point that was what that means it's err he's a He's, <laughs> He's like angry. a monster or He's something. Angry, yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Very angry. spawn. It's ridiculous. <laughs> He's got chains.
0: And I said, Hey, thanks guys. <laughs> That's it's nice to know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> but, um, uh, um, but yeah. And, and spawn definitely. I mean, I guess I get, let me ask you this. Cause I, I stopped being into comic books in the mid nineties. How much of an impact did the Tim Burton Batman have? like, you can trace the effect it had on comic book movies. But what effect did it have on comic books themselves? Like, were you reading them at the time? Did you notice, like, oh, these are a lot darker? These are a lot old? Uh, I know. was reading them at the time, but Tim Burton doesn't get credit for that. Okay. Uh, Frank Miller does. Sure. Yeah, he, sure. As as
2: far as like reinventing Batman and making him dark and that darker tone, that was really the tipping point, the turning point, really, for uh, comics themselves. I mean, there was always you know, some darkness and stuff too. And, but that was like a watershed moment yeah. uh, for, uh, especially for Batman specifically. And then darker. And then, then Daredevil got darker. Right. All, the, all these ones. Mm. And it was varying success too. some characters. They tried to make darker and there was no reason to make them darker. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the Daredevil run, I think in conjunction with like when, um, the Batman run was really successful, was really good. I mean, you've got, you had literally had Daredevil, um, fighting the devil, and uh, there was a, a whole crossover series at Marvel where it was uh, basically Inferno, where Hell was oh, yeah. taking over. Um, the uh, not just Hell's Kitchen, but the entire yeah. world, and it was all these, uh, um, superheroes while fighting the uh, the demons. But what was interesting about Daredevil, it was so dark. It was like you know he would literally be just in a bar nursing a beer. Drinking with the devil and they're having like a conversation like as uh, like, all right, well, Daredevil, do you think st- what's worth stealing a million or stealing a dollar? And, uh, and he goes, a dollar, maybe that may that may even be worse. Like so, they're having these philosophical uh-huh. conversations and stuff like that could never happen except in comic books. Like sure. there yeah. certain things, even in like the Daredevil series, you're you're, you're never going to see that. You the, the most you're going to get is the hand. That's as crazy yeah.
0: as it's going to get. You're, you're not saying, gonna saying gonna that Drew Goddard isn't going to be like, now guys, listen, yeah, <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> We're going to bring the literal Satan up, yes. and they're going <laughs> to hang out for a while. Yeah, and
2: I the, love that the, series. The, by the way, they, uh, yeah, it, it's really good, and I remember the the name of that comic uh book episode was a beer with the devil and it was literally you know, there you go. Having a beer with the devil <laughs> I love that was, I love
1: that stuff but, but that, Girl, that the it's the stuff. devil it's a, yeah yeah that would have been great <laughs> if that was the, the, the devil so uh, now tell you mentioned spawn that made me think of one of my favorite mid 90s weird ass r rated comic comic book movies and that's Tank Girl oh yeah which I liked when I was a teenager. Does not hold up. Mm-hmm. It's but there is. Uh, I, I still do have some respect for how strange it is. That's the thing is, you know, when you look at stuff I, like I Spawn, say, I
2: barely remember that movie.
1: <laughs> uh, it has. I mean, I see. Is a Lori right? oh, Petty stars. It's um, also uh, a then unknown Naomi Watts. Oh yeah, um, is her like sidekick who's named like. Plain girl or whatever it's like now what's her deal <laughs> <She> <laughs> what's her <laughs> shtick uh, but it also has iced tea as like a half human half kangaroo yes that's um, right i want to say malcolm mcdowell is the bad
0: guy is that right i'm gonna guess and say yes uh, um, I, I
1: think
2: you could yeah that's you could say that trick, about almost yeah. any movie and, and, it, and you're probably right yeah, yeah. it's like a mad Star max type Trek, world heroes keep going
1: <laughs> it's like a mad max type world where people are hoarding water right yeah, uh-huh. and and tanks uh and and malcolm mcdowell like figures out how to how to extract the water from a human body obviously killing them in the process uh, yes. taking him of water and that's how he punishes one of his underlings by sucking all the water uh, out of his de- dehydrating
0: him alive to death you know what here's the thing i i guess i don't I assumed I didn't remember Tank Girl, but honestly, I don't think I ever actually saw it. I mean, it has—is it something I should visit, David?
1: It has a really cool sense of style, and I know the the, the director, uh, Rachel Talale, um is not happy with what the studio did to it. And I, it, I do believe that there's a possibility that she could have made a really cool well, maybe movie. Someday
2: we'll get a criterion collection director's cut <laughs> of <"Tank> girl. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, it, it, it looks cool. It's got a fun sense to it, but it's also just a, a confused mess. Uh, a lot of the times, a lot of the time. And there's no, there's nothing that makes iced tea as a half human, half kangaroo, palatable it's it's weird the whole <laughs> palatable. time palatable <I, laughs>
0: <laughs> um so uh now here's the thing i've actually never seen any of the blade movies
1: really oh, okay. yeah oh. well you should see you should see blade yes um because it's good but also because you want to see blade before you see blade 2 which is fucking great yeah and then you can just skip blade trinity altogether. did guillermo del toro do both no he did the second one he the first did the one second steven norrington that name um, sounds familiar yeah, and it yeah. was it was
2: one of those movies too that it was so you you thought verhoeven directed it it was mm. so over the top with violence and blood and guts and uh it was to the point where it was almost satirical
1: yeah i mean it starts with the uh, underground vampire rave right. where the sprinkler system comes on but it's not water it's, it's blood, blood. Yeah. it's I like dancing yeah in and tracy
2: lords is in it and,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah uh, so it's a uh
2: yeah they're, they're fun movies i mean wesley snipes he does a really good character uh he does a really good job in the movie uh you know for what it is a half vampire half <laughs> human hybrid yeah uh, uh, the, the Daywalker. all of their strengths yes. their weaknesses yeah um. so now it's interesting too that um, because of the deal that uh, has expired, Blade has also gone back to Marvel. So you wonder if there's hmm. any plans to revive or put him in somewhere? or
1: I would imagine, given the success of of that Fox has had with two r rated movies, I think Marvel would be crazy not to make an R-rated Blade or, but yeah. I yeah. don't know if Disney Marvel yeah. makes R-rated movies yeah
2: but no see what what it could be is like what they did with uh, like Punisher you, you're not going to make another Punisher movie you put him in Daredevil now he gets a Daredevil series like I could see Blade being another TV series
1: sure that would be or very Netflix cool that would like work that. I think and there was a Blade TV series with Sticky Fingers yes uh, as Blade I never watched it but I don't know who Sticky Fingers played Blade I never watched it Um, um but I but uh, the Blade movies also have... people did. It didn't last uh, very long. The uh, Blade movies also have Chris Christopherson in them. That's yeah, right. Who's yes. great. Right. Can't go wrong with... Oh, and remember Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds <laughs> is in the bad, the third yeah. one. The third, <laughs> like, the third one is like an ensemble piece, which is part of why it doesn't work. Like, Blade right. doesn't work with an ensemble, because it's Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Patton Oswalt, Natasha Lyonne, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jessica Biel. It's I like a, all these people. But it's a, just a weird-ass cast.
2: It's a weird piece together Marsh. Oh, and Triple H.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Wasn't, yeah, from uh, it, uh, if
2: The Wrestler. The Wrestler, no, okay, yeah. yes, uh-huh. yes.
0: Yeah, I stopped... Uh, oh, yeah, there he is. I'm looking I, I, I uh, watched a lot of wrestling and read a lot of comic books and then gave both of them up for uh, for movies. Wrestling first. See, that would have brought everything together for you,
2: Blade <laughs> 3. <that.
1: I say, laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, you know what? I think I'm back on board with yeah, all of this yeah. stuff.
1: But <laughs> screw you, movies. If you can ever find any sort of interview or podcast or anything where Patton Oswald has talked about making Blade Trinity... Absolutely. Listen to it. It's, really? It's, it's, it's insane. Hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah. I, uh, I don't want to burn his material obviously. So I'll tell you guys some stories off
0: mic that okay. I've heard, mm-hmm. but definitely check those, track those down. So, um, I know that we've, we've been going for a while and we've been kind of touching on a lot of these, uh, but I want to maybe to maybe give this some kind of, stru- uh, structure cause we talked about the role that X-Men, and then Spider Man, and then I'd probably say at that point Batman begins, but more specifically Dark Knight. Like with with the emerg- with, with the the evolution of the superhero genre, whether it be based on a comic book or an original character, I feel like you can point to very specific movies and yes. say that changed every everything. It changed everything until the next one, right? Um, and so I feel like I mean, obviously Superman. For a number of reasons, not the least of which special effects. I think Batman. And then was it, was there anything between Batman and X Men?
2: Well, that, You could say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you could put in there.
0: I
1: guess so. See, I, I, but I, don't, I think don't think it changed much. I, I think, think it, this is a, a false premise, though. I just okay. think, because, and as you even said earlier, there can be more than one thread at one, at sure. one time. Like, sure. You talked about Brian Singer and Sam Raimi kicking off. Two different, very dominant—the two dominant forms of superhero
2: movies. Christopher Nolan, of course, Uh, his own vision of Batman. uh, And
1: but I I think that's, but also X Men: First
2: Class. When you look at Matthew Vaughn's uh, version, was a really good uh, hybrid of a bunch of different genres. You had superhero, you had um, period piece, and you Mm -hmm. also had fantasy, all kind of together.
0: I guess that's the the mark of when a genre is established is it starts mixing with other genres because like Logan unabashedly is very westernish uh in a lot of ways certainly tonally Shane and yeah
1: (laughs) I also don't think uh, because I'm a cautious defender of Kenneth Branagh's Thor the first one I do like it I don't think he gets enough credit for the way it brought in the sort of the more uh the real, like super dorky, like Asgardian, you know, celestial kingdom, like that, that type of fantasy. Well, Um, that was, you know, the Thor is uh, the
2: Lord of the Rings movies of the
1: Marvel universe. I mean, that's, that's what they're going for. Um, I was like, well, and really it,
2: it kind of made sense because, uh, you go back to his career, like, well, he did Henry V. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. okay, this is the guy you would want to really give this this epic kind of medieval feel to it, even with, although it's Asgardians, you know, you have future tech mixed with um, Norse mythology. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think, I think, Kenneth Branagh is why the, the Asgard stuff in Thor works a lot better for me than the, the Earthbound New no. Mexico stuff. But Chris, I want to go back right. to something you said yes. about... Tyler talking about certain films or filmmakers being epochal uh, in Ooh. this, and you talked about Christopher Nolan, mm. but I don't know that I agree that Christopher Nolan kicked off or or brought something new so much as he like perfected or culminated what Brian Singer had started with with X Men. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I
2: think it, I think they did two very different things. I think uh, Brian Singer brought X Men into the um, live action. Arena of like a big budget many charactered colorful um, epic kind of um, uh, comic book movie, whereas Christopher Nolan it really just darkened the character more towards what Frank Miller was doing in the comics already and also centralized on you know on one specific character. So I think they did two kind of different things, but I think they were both important in different
1: ways. But I think, And I see what you're saying in terms of the psychology of the characters, but I, I guess what maybe got me thinking about it was something that Tyler said earlier about the, the costumes in X-Men and the mm. idea of taking these superhero stories and rooting them in something that looks a little bit more like our reality. Because if you look at like, you know, scared the, the scarecrow in, in Batman begins. Like, it's just a guy with a sack on his head. Like it's right. He doesn't like have a, the
0: whole scarecrow, like an actual, actual it, scarecrow. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and and the Joker, you know, wears regular clothes. I mean, they're, you know, purple and stuff. Uh, they're purple in their bespoke uh, or he, whatever. He did they have whatever crazy makeup and um, you know weird smile and scars. Uh, but they're, that's the thing is their scars, as opposed to just having him having the big sort of like uh, yeah. Mark Hamill Joker like you know, it, grin. It, it, it's interesting. Like the,
2: Christopher Nolan did such a, uh, a tightrope walk with um, you know using these characters, these iconic characters, and changing them uh, just enough to give them a spin but also keeping their inherent dna and that is something that is such a difficult thing to do like with the joker like well he f- fell into a bad acid and you know mm-hmm. this is how he got changed and all you know but you know like him telling all these different stories and yeah. how he got mm-hmm. the scars i'm like i'm like I mean, you know what i'm buying this you yeah. know i'm buying this backstory
0: too you know yeah. it's just as crazy yeah when you think of as much as i do Love Tim Burton's Batman, flawed though it may be. Uh, there is, <laughs> when you think about it. Okay, so Jack Napier falls into this acid stuff, mm. and then he's in this basement where this crazy ass dr- uh, doctor with really primitive tools is like, "Okay, here's it's what the I've best got. I could
2: do. It's the best <laughs> I could do."
0: And it's just like, now he might look crazy, but. I have to assume like, man, what did he do with those tools to arrive at that yeah. <laughs> with the giant smile? It feels to me like if you're it's able to, to work with, if you're, yeah, if you're <laughs> able to reconstruct somebody's face to right. that degree, maybe you don't need that smile. So, maybe you can probably reduce that.
2: Maybe before he put on his it, it's like, he pointed to like a picture of like Phyllis Diller or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me that. like when you're, like when you're the hair, you're getting like, give me that hair.
0: You know what? Uh, david i i forget who was i think i guess all of us were saying this but like the movie version of wolverine really started to influence the comics i would say that as far as i can tell as much as you know obviously uh now christopher the, nolan was impacted now by you're
2: gonna say this after that you said you've stopped reading comics many years ago
0: i i, I do go <laughs> to comic good. conventions okay oddly yeah. enough and i and i pick up First off, from a function as a function of cosplay, and also for reasons i can 't quite figure out, you just kind of absorb things just through cultural osmosis. Mm-hmm. so like I recognize that christopher nolan 's joker was very much informed by the Frank Miller and the Alan Moore joker, but then, by making him really grimy, uh, I feel like that influenced later versions of the joker to such a degree that at some point didn't joker cut his own face off and then stapled it back on like they've taken the character so dark kind of jumping off from the christopher nolan that i feel like it's getting to the point where joker isn't meant to be everything he's not mm-hmm. meant to be all things dark he's not meant to be that level of crazy in fact for my money the the more light-hearted you make him the scarier he is when it's somebody who, when it's somebody who has like an ideology and he's really dark and self-hating or whatever, then she's like, okay, yeah, he's just another monster. But if he's laughing, like genuinely laughing the whole time, to me, he's more effective as a villain. Well, one of the best portrayals of the
2: Joker is Mark Hamill. Damn right, animated series, maybe, uh, maybe the best. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a good argument to make for sure, and uh, because it's also really funny and also. Uh, uh, really creepy at the same time and uh you know they're still <laughs> they're they're still churning them out too like um they're doing justice league action now which is like a light version of uh um of justice league they're only like 11 12 minutes long on hmm. cartoon network oh, neat. and uh, but it's a lot of the same voices again it's kevin conroy and mm-hmm. and the other ones but if you look at um some of the uh, the darker episodes of the the batman series there's there's a great one where um you know the Joker is in Arkham Asylum and you know Dr. Harley, Dr. Quinn what's, mm-hmm. uh, Har- medicine woman yeah, Dr. Quinn <laughs> medicine woman. Um, Harley Quinn yeah, yeah um, uh, she, uh was, Harleen her, Quinzel, her, I believe is her, her name yeah, Harley, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can remember the uh, the original start of the, the name before it's got dumb, to into Harley Quinn yeah, it'll be Harley Quinzel, yeah, it'll be something very similar to the, to the villain name <laughs> like uh, Edward Enigma. oh I get it I got it, uh, so um, there's there's a great animated episode where he basically turns her where she's the psychiatrist mm-hmm. and then she's the one that ends up on the uh, couch. And then yeah. you know the, the, that's where it goes from there. But Harley Quinn, huge, huge resurgence in her character and it, invented in the animated series, not yeah,
0: the comics. That is something yeah. that fascinates me. That's like uh, to me, as strange as it may sound. That's like the Wolfman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything we think about werewolves. Full moon, silver bullet, you know, if he bites you, you become one. Mm -hmm. We Many of us probably just assume, oh, well, that's just lore. No. Almost all of that started with the Kurt Siodmak script for The Wolfman in the 40s. He just Mm -hmm. created this shit. And it caught on so much that that is like a huge part of all werewolf lore now. (laughs) And so in the same way, there are people that... Harley Quinn is, is like such this iconic character now that it's hard to believe that she didn't exist before Paul Dini just thought, Hey, what if we gave Joker, Joker like this this yeah. weird female sidekick? Right. And then I will, I will complain once more about, it. do you go to Comic-Con or you go to, I uh, do, you do? Okay. Year, yeah. Are you going to WonderCon?
2: So I'm not going to WonderCon. Okay. one a year is enough for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Can't argue with you. Um, but, uh, so I went, This was like a couple years ago, and I went to a panel, and it was like great villains, and I'm a big fan of discussion of villains, so I go and uh, (laughs) I'm probably going to get angry as I say this. Sorry, Uh Uh, and there's a uh, somebody during the Q and A, somebody came up and said like Who who are some of the great female villains that you think? And uh, and one person. I don't remember, uh, somebody threw out a name that I thought was, was pretty good. I w- I don't remember what it is now. And was then it, one guy, was it Annie Wilkes? I think they might've brought that up. I think uh, you, yeah, you, told this story yes. before. Okay, I feel yeah, like yeah. that came up. And, uh, so it's like, okay, that's good. Um, and then this one, then one of the panelists, it's frustrating cause he puts so much thought into it. He's, he goes, well, you know, hang on. He goes, I think, you know, and he's just like hedging and hedging. It's like, I got to say, you know, who's really been sticking out to me? I got to, I think it's Harley Quinn. And I want to be like, oh, that's what's sticking out to you. (laughs) Yeah. At the comic convention yeah. where every fifth person is dressed yeah, like are, Harley Quinn, are you like Steve
1: Carell and Anchorman just saying things you're looking <laughs> at?
0: <laughs> yeah, at there are probably eight of them in the audience. It, right. it, it just—that's <clears throat> the thing—is I feel like so many of these characters. Maybe this is why I—I I mean, Wolverine was my character as I as I was growing up. I loved him, and now I—you know—I don't care that much about him. I like what Hugh Jackman has done with him, but just I feel like so many of these characters get overexposed, and. I guess some people don't care about that. Some people will see anything that this character is in, but it's just, it's not me anymore.
2: Um, Well, at some point too, I mean, Hugh Jackman pretty much just said goodbye to the character with this uh, last film. However, you know, you never know what could happen in the the cinematic universes. It's like when Stephen King says, this is the last book I'm ever writing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That was like 28 books ago. Right.
1: Um, We we should wrap up. Okay. Uh, I I meant to interject this earlier. You're talking about, Edward Nigma and Harlene Quinzel, or whatever. Yeah. One of my favorites, I don't know if you know, the before Natalia Romanova, the nineteen forties black widow, do you mm. know what her name was? No. Claire Voyant. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <nice>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's 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 borderline like bad James Bond right. villain. <laughs> right. You know.
1: All right. So you guys got anything else you wanted to, to say on the topic before we wrap up? Uh, let's see. I would just say Guilty Pleasure, the original Punisher movie. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> I'll say the 1990 uh, Captain America is horrible. Oh, I thought okay. you were going to go was with that, Guilty
1: Pleasure. Oh, my, oh my god. god!
0: Oh, my gosh. Was that the Roger Corman one? Yes. Oh, wow. Hard to believe yes. that it's uh, turned out so poorly, but yeah. uh, my brother and I rented that, so I was young, mm-hmm. and when I was young, almost every movie was pretty good. I was I was just happy to be be watching movies. I watched that Captain America, and even at age eight, I'm like, "This is is terrible, yeah, pretty awful, yeah." I watched the Fantastic Four one he did. Which uh, did you see that documentary, uh, Doomed, which is all about the the making of that? No,
2: but I I got like a bootleg copy of the film. I actually watched it. It's unwatchable.
0: There is a guy. I love the way he sums it up. He says, "He's like Roger Corman has released." some of the worst movies in the history of the world there is only one movie he has never released. And that's the fantastic four, <laughs> which is so much better than any of the, than many of these other films.
1: Uh, but anyway, all right. so, okay. So I like the idea of recommending a guilty pleasure. I'll say on the level of the Punisher, I would say tank girl is worth watching, even though it is overall a failure. There okay. Worth it, Hang on. Giving let me, a shot too. Well, real quick. I'll tell people you can find us, of course, at BattleshipRetention.com, as we talked about earlier. You can email us. If you have any uh, questions for our video mailbag segment, ask, ask BP, right. Um email them to me, David at Battleship If you have anything else at all, email it to Tyler at Battleship <laughs> uh, I'm Tyler Twitter out. at Davy Pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at Tyler pretension. What's your guilty pleasure pick?
0: Uh you know what I'm gonna reiterate, I'm gonna say the shadow. I don't think I feel that guilty about it. Just, it's it's far from perfect but i think it's worth watching it's got peter boyle in it got peter boyle in it and tim curry (laughs)
1: um and then you so you're Tyler pretension you've got uh, more than one lesson and worth playing
0: for yeah
1: anything you want to plug there
0: uh so i've sort of backed my way into a weird uh war movie uh series i didn't mean to over a more than one lesson yeah so rogue one and then this week uh kong skull island and then next pardon me next week uh hacksaw ridge okay i didn't mean to do this it just kind of turned out that way well triptych
1: indeed <laughs> um chris uh where can people find you on the internet and find stuff you're working on um at chris and of course you can find
2: us at comedyfilmnerds.com and i'm on twitter at chris j mancini what does the j um, stand for uh, john
0: john mm, mm-hmm. fair enough
2: catholic oh <laughs> <Catholic>. god <laughs> <laughs> what's your confirmation name luke because of Star Wars, oh, yeah, and he's in the Bible, but uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> mainly guess. it was because of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, mine's Gregory. Uh, yeah, but one thing Ooh. I wanted to mention is that this is going up uh, soon. Um, involved in a Kickstarter that's only got about seven days left. Uh, a bunch of graying sitcom writers came to me to help them out with a um, a satire political show about a right-wing talk show host who uh, works out of his garage and he's trying to get onto the trump network that he knows is going to exist in the near future uh-huh. and it's starring our show friend bill dwyer who's friends of oh, shows. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's uh, we're only looking for about five thousand dollars to do the uh, pilot presentation in the sizzle it's almost halfway probably by now it's about two th- two-thirds halfway there uh, but it needs your help to get over the finish line. It's Alton Wright and Friends on Kickstarter, okay. and if you could throw a five or a tenner at it, it would definitely be uh, great. You get hats, bumper stickers, or whatever the rewards are. It's not my Kickstarter, but I'm involved in one of the writer-producers, and it's so weird to be talking to um, sitcom writers from, like, Bosom Buddies, Alice, the Jeffersons, oh, wow. and they want to all just do this this uh, parody, this satire show, <laughs> and teach, now I'm teaching them how to use the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, But check it out. It's a really fun show. There's a great video by Bill Dwyer at the beginning um, that he just kind of pitches you on his right-wing show. (laughs) And uh, it's Alton Wright and Friends on uh, Kickstarter.
0: All right. That's exciting.
1: Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for being here, Chris. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.